You're listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Novell. With the help of successful individuals across industries, Dirk breaks down the unknown parts of every vocation while highlighting the importance of finding a career where you can leverage your natural skills, passions, and interests. Now here's your host, Dirk Novell. Everybody, this is Dirk Novell. Welcome to my podcast. On with me today is Lacey Powell. Lacey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Lacey uh, and I, you know, it's funny. I talked to Lacey a long time ago, and then recently she reached out uh, in my day job in lending, and we were chatting, and I remember talking her name, and then I remember she used to work with a friend of mine. So uh, small world, but we started talking, and I became very intrigued uh, with her career and what she does. She is, I'm going to let her elaborate, but she is a lifestylist. And, you know, this podcast is really about aligning your career with your genuine skills, interests, and passions, and like what's naturally uh, part of you. And she has done that to a T. So I was super excited mm-hmm. to have her on. I'm going to let her, you know, lifestylist might mean a lot of things to different people. So I'm going to let her articulate uh, what that is. Um, you know, Lacey, if you're, having a cup of coffee in downtown Seattle or whatever, and someone asks you what you do, um, how would you answer that? That's a, that's a great question. And I actually, I have this line on my website, um, but essentially, you know, I cover everything you didn't know you needed. And so as a boutique lifestylist, I sort of specialize in three kind of main areas, uh, event planning, home decor, and wardrobe services. So, you know, I, I began my uh, career in uh, uh, fundraising. I was in the nonprofit world and quickly, you know, there's events that are a part of that. And so I, I saw that sort of spark something in me and then I moved into more event planning, but I didn't really see um, a way to make it more specialized. There wasn't anything that I saw out there that that felt more intimate, more connected with the people that I was serving. A lot of it was big events. And so I sort of carved out my own niche. And so I work with a lot of, um, you know, families in Seattle and um, have sort of paved my my own way um, and combining three things that I really loved. Yeah. So you walk us back a little bit. You worked for Vogue. Uh, yes. Yeah. Talk, I mean, talk to us about like, it's kind of like you have these three backgrounds or three experiences yes. that you've merged into one. Um, yeah. Just briefly kind of give the audience a little sure. idea of, of kind of what you did back in the day. Yeah. So I, um, as I said, right out of college, I um, uh, originally was set to be a high school English teacher. Um, kind of as I was wrapping up my final semester and supposed to start student teaching, I had sort of a crisis of, you know, consciousness or whatever you want to call it, this epiphany. And I thought, you know, this, this is not, this is not what I want to do anymore. And I I very quickly shifted gears. I just finished with an English degree right out of college. um, I was a grant writer for a nonprofit and um, I loved writing. So that was kind of a great fit initially. But, but as I said, I started to kind of get pulled into a lot of the events they would do um, booths and things like that. And I really liked all the event logistics that were a part of that. Um, So I did that for about a year and then um, met my uh, former husband um, early in college. So he and I dated all through college and he uh, got a job at Boeing and that brought him to the Seattle area. We had been dating for quite some time, and so it was kind of assumed that eventually I would relocate, and I and I did. And so when I first moved here, um, I didn't know anybody. I mean, I I knew nobody. He was the only person I knew, and so I started cold calling. <laughs> I knew I wanted to do something maybe in like marketing, PR, events, something like that. So I just started cold calling people and asking if I could do informational interviews with them and took a lot of people to coffee, learned a lot about kind of the marketing and PR um, industry. And one of those informational interviews led to the career that I had about six years um, while in Seattle, one of the most incredible jobs I've ever had. Um, They were a PR firm and they had introduced me, they were representing a restaurant that was opening at the Bellevue Collection, which um, as you know, is owned and operated by Kemper Development and he's a huge developer in the area. And so they, this 
PR company that I had interviewed with, just info interview, just coffee at the Four Seasons. And um, they had met with the Bellevue Collection. He said, oh, you know, we're, you know, if you, if you know of anybody that is looking for a job, we need somebody to help with events. And so it was, it was simply by having met them that I was connected with a job that I had and loved for six years. And so I was the event planner, um, event manager uh, at the Bellevue Collection. So inside of the marketing department um, and worked on some really, really incredible events. So I worked on Fashion Week, which is still huge, Snowflake Lane. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> been to that, but um, that was actually one of my first events there was the inaugural show of Snowflake Lane. So I kind of onboarded right when all of that was coming to fruition. So that was incredible. Um, and they have all sorts of home decor events. And then I was actually also in charge of the um, internal events. So the employee party, and then we would also do events for all of our merchants. So the shopping center itself, gosh, at the time had, you know, probably 200 tenants. That, as you can imagine, you know, back in 2005, since then, it has probably quadrupled with the addition of the second Lincoln Tower. Um, and so I got to see it all. I got to do it all. And as a part of that, yes, we worked with Vogue magazine, which was um, just an, a mind blowing experience to see how they work and to have a little kind of piece of the fashion industry come to Seattle and to work with them and to see just the level of fashion shows that they produce and put on and their attention to detail was just insane. Um, and then we did kind of some dining events as well. So I, I really did get exposed to a lot of things. But as I said, kind of what started to, to turn my head a bit was so many of the events that we did were big, you know, they were in for the tens of thousands of people, especially Snowflake Lane. And I wanted to more closely be able to work with the people that I was serving. And so one of my favorite things to do when I was working at um, the Bellevue Collection as event manager was to walk the streets of Snowflake Lane as the show was getting ready to start because I could see the kids getting excited. I could see the parents even tear up sometimes like listening to the music and seeing their kids. And so it was at that point that I, I really realized how much of a people person I can be and kind of that intimate connection was so important. And, you know, I love doing those bigger events, but I thought, how can I do this in a way that's more specialized and more intimate and that allows me to kind of build relationships with my customers. So I'm getting a front row seat to how I'm impacting them. That was, that was my favorite thing to do. And I thought I'm, I'm missing this, you know, I want to do more of that. And then I left and started my own company. So that was kind of the trajectory that got me to where I am today. Yeah, you're just making me think. Um, those are big memories for us uh, when the when our kids young, yeah. and uh, even for us, like you know, memories are powerful. Like the music, the the fake snow coming the down. Snow. <laughs> um, so we spent a, many many years um, going to those. So good job, yeah. you did a great job. Those thank were thank you, thank those, you. Yeah, those were powerful. <laughs> so I'm kind of listening, and I'm wondering. You went to Colorado State, right? I did. Yes. And did you go to high school in Colorado? I did. I went to Loveland High School. So just a short, short stone's throw from from where I went to college at Colorado State. So about 20 minutes from there. Yeah. Okay. So like, what kind of person were you back? Kind of? <laughs> were, were you doing like, were you like attention to details? What comes to mind? Like, yes, like, like I'm very detail oriented, but I think I would go crazy, like with all of the yeah. logistics that you're naturally comfortable with. Yeah. But were were yeah. you doing things at a young age that kind of like, you look back and you're like, huh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, actually, I um, I absolutely did. And it's so funny to be able to look back and kind of see that common thread. Um, so growing up, you know, I loved clothes. I would often change my outfits like eight times a day, which drove my mom crazy. Um, I always kept my room, you know, had to be a certain way. Um, we, I loved um planning productions and shows when I was little and kind of did the whole like, you know, performance in the living room kind of thing a lot. And um, I loved, loved being on in that way. And um, so from a very early age, I kind of had a love of those sorts of experiences. And then as I grew up, um, it's kind of funny, you know, we have these moments in life that that sort of change our entire 
path. And I remember these girls, um, kind of older siblings of these girls that I was friends with, they were saying something about, you know, you have to be in student council because it's like the coolest thing to be a part of. And I didn't necessarily even know what it was, but I was like, well, I have to do like what the cool thing is. Right. And so, um, my girlfriends and I signed up to be a part of it, having no idea like <laughs> what you even do. And, um, it was a very kind of cutthroat process. And by some miracle, we made it through. And I have to tell you, Dirk, like the experience of being in student council absolutely changed my life. Personally, I think professionally, it played a huge role in what I would do because we were responsible for all the school dances. We did all the fundraising. Um, we were in charge of decorating the school all the time, you know, posters and things like that. And so I think it was there that I really got to see and love putting things on for people and kind of seeing, again, it goes back to seeing those people appreciate and connect with what we're doing and be really excited about it, you know? And I remember in my later years in high school, we did sort of a freshman lock-in experience and all the incoming kids, you know, we threw this big event for them and I really think it had a huge impact on their first few days at school because they had already been and they knew who the upperclassmen were. And so um, I, I think student council really played a huge part in kind of what I would eventually go on to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, I had a great high school experience, was very involved in sports and leadership. And, um, you know, I definitely think in this field, you have to be able to have a voice, you know, I say I'm, I'm a, what do I say? An extroverted introvert. Like you have to be able to speak up and um, lead also when you're in event management, because you're managing a lot of different vendors. And so, yeah, I think it was early days of loving clothes and decorating my room and then on to just planning things all through high school. Um, and I just felt alive. I felt alive when I was doing that um, and was really fortunate to have that experience. Yeah, no, it's part of who you are. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, listening to Lacey for the audience. I mean, I, I think it's really important to pay attention to those things that, you know, what you what you gravitate towards what you do on a Saturday. Um, you know, get, we're going to get into your your job, uh, your career here in a second. But one of the things I'm thinking about is, okay, so you've, you've created this really cool niche. And I'm thinking about people that are like, wow, I really love what she's doing. Um, as far as establishing credibility, like yeah. know, knowing, cause these people you're working with are affluent. Um, they're stylish. They, they have probably strong opinions yes. um, <laughs> and, and they probably, you know, you know, to some extent, like even, you know, they're know-it-alls not in a bad way, but they, they have, they know what they want. They and, know what they like. Yes, absolutely. For you at a younger age or somebody coming out of school that would like to follow suit, how I'm just thinking, how realistic is it to to create a, a network like you have? Yeah. At, at a young yeah. Age? yeah. Well, you know, as I said, I similarly to how some of the folks that we're talking to might be coming out of school and maybe they've moved to their college town and they want to stay there or whatever it is, or they want to try a brand new city. As I said, I knew nobody here. I mean, absolutely nobody. And um, I am really proud of what I've been able to build over the last 10, 15 years. Um, and it started with me cold calling people. And I am such a big believer in relationships and connecting with people not in a phony, like, oh, I like your tie way, but just true connection and vulnerability. And, and it is really, it was me putting myself out there as a fresh out of college, you know, dumb, dumb. That was just like, I think this is what I want to do. Would you be willing to, to meet me for coffee? I want to hear about what you do and I want to learn from you. And it was absolutely that's what got me my job at Kemper Development. And it was from that job that I met a handful of the people who've been able to propel me into what I do now. So much of our world operates on relationship and you have to be willing to put yourself out there. And if it means you're cold calling people and saying, hey, can I take you to coffee? You know, go out of your way to meet them where it's convenient for them and to buy the coffee and it will 
come back to you tenfold. You know, I, I still remember it was Lael Carlson, Randall PR. I, you know, I'm so grateful to her that they were able to um, think of me. And that was all it was, was another person talking and saying, oh, you know, it's so funny. We just met with a girl. You should get her name and number. And I went in for an interview and that was it. And so I think you have to be willing to put yourself out there. And if you are someone who is more shy, I get that. You know, like I said, I, I am actually kind of introverted, believe it or not. Um, but you have to just be willing to take that risk. So maybe email is a little bit easier than calling, but just being really honest. And you have to be able to sift through lots of things to figure out what you don't want to do. And I think that's a good place to start is just calling, connecting with people, introducing yourself. And if it is something that makes you more nervous, there's tons and tons of resources out there about, you know, building confidence. And, and I think it's so crucial. It's connection. It's human connection. That's the only way that my business has survived. As you said, it's, it seems very unrealistic, but I will tell you that I have found the success that I have because of the way that I've connected with people. And it has, it's built on relationship. I, my business has been all referrals. I, I wrote a PR, got with a PR agency when I started to come up with the marketing and PR plan. And I, I haven't ever even cracked it open because it's been this person who worked with me and passed my name on. And then this person worked with me and passed my name on. So you have to be willing to put yourself out there and you have to do a good job when you are brought on to do something. You know, I think your character and your integrity and how hard you work um, will say more about you than you could ever say about yourself. Yeah. You know, a lot of my guests, I mean, what you're saying I love is it's grit, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, you know, like if you're watching Lacey right now and you're like, wow, this is super cool. Like a lot of these fun, sexy, uh, exciting. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff uh, behind the yeah. scenes that you have no idea, but it also started with cold calls and getting out there. And, you know, you talk about, I think this is a really interesting conversation or a, a topic is the whole introvert thing is like I'm an introvert because that's where I get my energy like by myself yes, yes. Um, agreed <laughs> even though I love people and I can hang and talk to anybody but like when I'm by myself working on the farm or you know yep. just whatever architecture or whatever I get I get um psyched up I might like yeah. and so yeah yeah so if you're watching and you're thinking gosh I couldn't do this just because I'm shy I the thing though is when you lead with tr the truth truth is always the best script like it's different so if you're playing a game you don't want to play or running a race you don't want to win like in a job you hate you're eventually going to get caught or yeah. found out and so for you I'm like yeah. You were young and you were whatever, but you believed, you know, it was part of who you were. And yeah. I think that's a really important thing to kind of pay attention to. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, so I am going to ask you this, like, how do you wind down? Like, mm. like, I would think that like my wife gets nervous when she does and she's a great at. I mean, I'm super impressed with the stuff that she does for yeah. you know, events. And I know it's not, you know a thousand people or 500 people, whatever, but <laughs> yeah. like, how do you come back down after a crazy event? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I can tell you as I've gotten older, <laughs> I just turned 41. Um, it takes me longer to bounce back than it used to. Um, it has really taken me getting to know myself and, um, for a long time, I thought I was an extrovert and I thought I got energy from being around people. And it's like you, I can do it. And I love doing it when I'm doing it, but I have to have my alone time. So typically what I'll do is if I've got a big event, I will be conscious not to book anything for like three to five days after that, because it takes me, you know, usually things around the house have lapsed because I've been so focused on the event and I'm a very methodical routine person. And so I like to leave, you know, three, five days post event to restock the fridge, to listen to my podcast that I love to go on walks, to take some yoga, to sleep. I am a nine hours kind of gal. And I didn't know that about myself until a few years ago. And I thought, you know, that's really my sweet spot. And in order to do the best job that I can, I need to give that to myself. And I, and I don't make apologies about that anymore. You know, I think our culture is so much like, oh, 
you know, six to eight hours is great. That's not me. I'm on the, the long end of that, you know, so I leave a lot of time to sleep in on the mornings. Um, you know, if I don't have the boys, obviously, and that's the other thing is um, being really mindful of my schedule. I try not to schedule events when I have other things going on. If I can in any way sway, you know, the direction of the date that we end up choosing or whatever it is, um, I try to just be really mindful about my schedule and then leave three to five days to yoga, you know, to go to bed early. I love steaming my face. My fridge has to be stocked. My house has to be clean. You know, usually I'm if I've traveled, I've got a suitcase to unpack. And it's really just leaving a lot of breathing room. I love to read and write and um, meditation has been a big part of my life over the last few years, especially. And, you know, I'm not the come home on Sunday night and bounce back by Monday morning kind of person anymore. Um, physically, my body usually is pretty tired, especially if I've been moving boxes or whatever the event requires. So sometimes I'll even schedule a massage um, you know, I can sneeze and throw my back out of whack. And so, um, just really taking care of my body because events can be very taxing physically too. Um, and I just don't really plan any gatherings. I don't really want to see anybody for a few days after I just need to reset, you know, like you, that's where I, I fill my cup again. I love lighting candles, pick up some fresh flowers and just kind of be in my element and just get some breathing room. So you're right. It, it takes a toll. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet it does. Uh, I love the meditation thing. I'm a big, um, Joe Dispenza guy, if you know who he is. Um, uh, so let's get into if people are like, okay, let's get into what Lacey does. Give me yeah. a couple flavors of like, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe like a, a big birthday party, uh, yeah. I also know that you're involved with fashion, maybe helping people yeah. dress, uh, design, you know, maybe yeah. making up uh, a room look, you know, beautiful, yeah. like what yeah. are two or three of your uh, favorite kind of things oh, that you do just to kind of give a little data? Yeah, yeah. So, um, as I said, I've kind of done things in sort of these three boxes. It's kind of how I categorize everything. Um I have done and been a part of some really incredible events. I have a client who kind of hosts a big summer baseball game every year um, at their property um, in the San Juans. And that's been really fun because we're kind of working in a more remote location. So any rentals that we have and things like that, you know, you're accounting for a bigger budget because of tents and things like that, that you have to rent, you know, on the islands, things are 10 times as expensive. Um, so I love doing that baseball game. That's really fun and kind of down home family oriented. Um, so I've, I've loved doing that. Um, I have helped with some kind of larger 40th birthdays seem to be a big thing for people. Um, so I've done a couple big 40th birthdays. I did one that was Guns N' Roses themed, which was very fun. We did that at the Hard Rock um, downtown and had sort of a, a cover band that did all the Guns N' Roses favorites, which was like incredible and super nice guys. Um, as far as events go, you know, I, I actually really like doing the, the bigger stuff and the smaller stuff. That's not really, I don't really have favorites, but, you know, kind of those smaller things. I um, had a client whose daughter recently got engaged and, you know, we, she wanted to do just a really special cake. And so I worked with somebody to do this incredible cake and that's much smaller, you know, but you also think about what a special moment that is. Um, and I, you know, had to have it delivered at the right time and all this stuff and be very discreet because she was already there. And so I just like those kind of smaller things too. I've had a lot of fun with that. Um, as far as wardrobe stuff goes, I um, have walked clients through big life transformations, you know, divorces, kids leaving the house, um, weight loss where they're completely redoing their their look and so I've worked with people um to come up with a whole new look as well as just kind of refresh whatever they have you know one of the things I I say is I have um very good taste but champagne taste but a beer budget like I'm a high low person so I like mixing and matching really expensive things with you know a TJ Maxx find or whatever that's part of the thrill for me is finding exactly what I wanted at home goods for you know a third of the price um and so kind of helping them build on what they already have in their closet so we're not being wasteful right and we're matching things that they already own with what are a few pieces we can add to this to really you know triple your your wardrobe options um and then as far as home decor goes like obviously like I love 
decorating my own house. I just moved in here and have had a really fun time. It's been a lot of work, but finding all the pieces for that and um, just kind of room refreshes. I've worked with clients, um, one client who, you know, the kids, they're at birthday parties all the time and they went to lots of hosts, you know, dinners and things like that. So we built out kind of a gift closet. And so it had all manner of, you know, good hostess gift candles and things like that. And then some options for kids birthdays. And then they have kind of a one stop place where they can go and we just keep that well stocked. So it's not, they're not stressing at the last minute to find something to take to, you know, a party or, or whatever. Um, I think one of my, my favorite things has been, again, just back to the relationship piece is that this really requires that you listen really well to the people that you're working with. And I have known some of these people for years now at this point, and I know their allergies and I know that their, you know, daughter doesn't like, you know, mustard, whatever it is. Um, I, I feel very honored and fortunate that people have let me into their lives, you know, your wardrobe and your clothes and your body. That's a very intimate thing. Um, having people in your home or pulling your closest friends and family together for something, that's a really intimate thing. Buying gifts for somebody, that's an intimate thing. And I have to really be paying attention and listening really well to deliver. And um, that's a, that's a, that's a tough skill to hone is to really listen. And, you know, cause I can have my thoughts about what I think we should give this person or what this should look like. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's about the client. You know, what is, what is going to make them happy? How are they going to be connecting with their people at their party? And you have to listen well. And I feel really honored to have gotten to know people on the level that I have. These are all very intimate, vulnerable moments and connections and places and things. And, you know, that's, that's a privilege to be let into somebody's life that way. You know, one of my favorite things, honestly, to do, I'm a big, I love trip planning. I plan a big trip every year with my girlfriends and I around my birthday. And they joke that I'm like the cruise director because I have a full like itinerary (laughs) put together complete with like wardrobe suggestions. And, you know, because people always want to feel like they're dressed appropriately. And so I do this same thing for clients. I plan, you know, these big, you know, they work usually with the travel agent, but I'm booking like dinner reservations and excursions and uh, mapping out kind of what they're going to eat for the week with the chef that we get. And again, that requires a level of paying attention and listening. And, and I love kind of taking what I pick up year after year and being able to add the following year and on our, you know, further or later experiences to just make their experience of working with me better and better. There's less we have to talk about because I've taken the time to catch and pay attention to all these details, you know, Um, and it's, it's an honor and a privilege for sure. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest, I'm listening and I'm like, I'm, I'm not nervous, but I'm thinking about the responsibility that you have, like, cause these are intimate things. Like, and I know how people freak out. You know, um, (laughs) and we're we're human, and I'm just trying to think like, okay, so the um, cupcakes, yeah, (laughs) didn't taste good, or they're not gluten free, and my or dairy free, and you didn't know my son can't do, he's got celiac or whatever, uh, or he's got the peanut allergy. Like, yep, I would think like for your clientele that you've been with for a while, it's like dating, so you don't have to get to know you. You kind of know each other, and so, but then for new clients, I would think there's a lot of pressure. To yes. kind of, it's like a, a first date. You gotta have to absolutely really kind of like, I don't want to say play the game, but the responsibility component. Like I'm thinking, I don't think I have that in financial. Like I, you know, helping someone buy a home or whatever. There's a lot of there's a lot of responsibility there, so I can relate. Yeah. Um, but I know like the intimate stuff, the birthdays, the weddings, yeah. the, the things that make people cry. Like yeah. um, if they don't go well, like. Has there ever been, um, I guess one, you know, question I would ask is, yeah. is there, I know a story you can tell, uh, like one of your greatest lessons or just something funny that like, yeah. maybe it didn't go so well, but then it really oh actually yeah. strength, strengthened the relationship. Yeah. You know, that's a great, oh my gosh. I have hundreds, honestly, I think it is a very humbling, you know, because I, I do think I have really good attention to detail, but I will tell you I've messed up. I've messed up. 
I've forgotten things. I've left things out. Um, you know, there was one time, I don't know why this sticks out. You know, it's like triple quadruple checking. We were doing this big fashion show and we were supposed to have, um, you know, there was, they were going to do the fashion show. And then afterwards, all the, the, attendees of the show were supposed to go back to the shopping center and shop for the night and you know we were giving discounts or whatever and we had this big program of that listed everything that um they were going to get like by going back to the shopping center all the incentives right which was the whole point of the event was to get them to come back to the shopping center and I'm standing at the back of the room watching this fashion show you know and I'm so impressed with like how hard we've worked and it looks so amazing and I remembered in that moment, the show had just started. I forgot to put the program that told everyone why they need to go back to the shopping center in their little goodie bag. You know, this room is filled with 500 people or whatever it is. And here I was just basking in the glow of like, oh, it's all come together. It looks so great. And I was like, oh my. And I rem I had to race. I ripped off my stilettos and I ran back to the office and the programs were sitting there on my desk. And I made it back just in time to hand them out at the door. But it was so humbling because I was like, you know, getting ready to watch the fruits of my labor and like, oh, this is going to be so great. And I had forgotten like one of the most crucial things to the whole event, which was to see the ROI, to get people back in the shopping center so we could look at the sales the next day. And I forgot, I had forgot. And I had checked my list and checked my list. And so I will never forget that because here I was ready to celebrate, you know, feeling pretty good about myself. And I screwed up. I absolutely screwed up. It was on me. And so I think it is a very humbling career. Um, I will tell you, I'm not great at apologizing and I have gotten very good at it over the last two years. Like you have to be willing to take accountability. And, you know, at the end of the day, it worked out and we could all laugh about it, but like that would have been a big deal. Yeah, no, <laughs> I love it. I think it's good. Look, I'm listening and I'm also thinking like, you got to own it sometimes, sometimes. Yes. Um, and, but yeah. I will tell you like, I messed up in my business and I, you know, I'm the first person to say I messed up. And it's not, mm -hmm. it's not easy, but I also have been on the other side of that when somebody owns it and oh my gosh, yeah. it, it means the world to me versus someone uh, spinning it and bullshitting me and like saying, yeah. you know, like I know it was this person. So I think it's really good. Like it's a good lesson for people is yeah. it's okay to be human. We're all going to yeah. mess up. It's yeah. all how you handle it. Um, yes. So I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all the structure and the discipline and the uh and then i'm also thinking about sometimes the beauty and the uh is in the like in this podcast i don't like scripting there's questions i want to address but i also like i don't want i don't like total structure i like a little room for yeah. for newness or for yeah. randomness how do you balance that in your world where yeah. it's not too rigid you open up a little window for Whatever yeah. happens, happens. Yeah, it's so funny because it's it's the marriage of something that you've planned and you've checked the timeline a thousand times and you've made all these lists and everything's supposed to be perfect with like, will this actually work? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I have a million stories on both sides. You know, I think most of the time it works, but you have to assume in every party situation, everything, at least one thing is going to go wrong. And the best you can do is try to be quick on your feet and flexible and keep a sense of humor about it. I think that's the main thing. You know, I think I remember reading or hearing once that at any event, you know, don't, don't run anywhere as the event planner, because then people are going to think that something's wrong. Walk. <laughs> keep your cool, keep your head on. Now I ran across the bridge to get those programs because I knew if I wasn't back in time, I would be in big trouble. So, you know, there's a time and a place, but just to walk, to keep your cool. To, I, I love to laugh. Like I, you know, keeping a sense of humor about things is so important. I did a Christmas party two years ago and the fire alarm went off, you know, it was still kind of COVID-y 
ish and we were trying to keep everything open. We had all the fires going and the fire alarm went off and would not go off. But then it was really funny the next year, you know, we could all kind of laugh about it. And so I just say, assume at least one thing's going to go wrong. Um, I don't typically take on weddings because those are a whole other beast. So that's, I'm not, I don't bill myself as a wedding planner. Um, I may do it for close friends and family, but that's one thing that's, that's a little bit harder, you know, and especially with weddings, something is going to go wrong and you have to, I'm a very regimented person. Um, and I have to just realize like something's going to get messed up and I just have to try to think on my feet, stay lighthearted about it, keep them cool. And, um, just try to be flexible. And it's, it is really hard. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I tend to be more type a usually. Yeah. So, so going back to meditation, I mean, I, yeah, I, I really love meditation. I do guided meditations. And so, so much of our life, especially your life and your career, your success comes from being in your head, right. Being yeah. dialed in. And so for meditation, like, it's really hard to, 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 to get out of your head and yes. drop down in your heart and try not yes. to use all those things that brought you success, like your head right. and thinking and whatever. Yeah. So uh, I, I would think that meditation for you might be uh, sometimes difficult to turn your monkey brain off. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I think, you know, I've been through some stuff personally over the last couple of years that really challenged me and um, made me question who I was and what I stood for. And, you know, as you said, to turn that noise off, not just with events, but whatever might be going on in your life personally, you know, we get so many messages all the time about our worth and our, you know, all of this. And um, I have really tried over the last few years to be able to go down to that place of like, who do I know myself to be? Who do I know I am in God? And what does that mean for my, my integrity and how I show up in the world? And it is, it is really hard. I'm really big on affirmations because again, with so much of that negative coming in, we have to have a way to combat that, you know, and whether I'm reciting, you know, a favorite scripture or, or, or an affirmation about, you know, I love like, you know, to take cards, like when people have written me cards, sometimes it's kind of nice to take a piece out of that something that somebody has said about you and just repeating that to yourself. Um, there's so many great resources out there for that. I have books and stuff like that, but it is really hard because events and that level of detail requires, as you said, very much the logical brain. And I've really tried, and I think this is something that happens as you get older too, is that's how you know when you're old, when you start to say, as you get older, <laughs> I'm in that camp now. Um, but how important listening to your gut is. And I I think I I didn't necessarily grow up doing that. I think we're, we're taught in so many insidious kind of in between the lines ways to not do that. And it's so important. I mean, it's so important. I don't know if you've ever read um, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, but he talks about how within the split second of meeting someone, of seeing something, you're, you're collecting all this information and it's valuable and you have to believe yourself and you have to listen, as you said, to your heart and to go deep. And um, I've done a lot of pivots over the last few years to just say, nope, like, and, and I don't owe anybody an explanation. Um, and so, yes, you have to be able to kind of go down to that calm, to that quiet and say, what's my heart saying about this? And that's a hard yeah. thing to do. I love that. I mean, that's really what this is about in genius zone is listen to your heart, um, in terms of follow, you know, you know, that voice it's there. And there are people who don't really Care. I mean, there are people who don't care about what they do. They just want to fish three weeks a year and, right. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. That's not my audience, but uh, my audience or tribe are the people that are, they know something's there. They feel yeah. it. And you, what you're talking about is exactly that. Now, before I, I didn't want to uh, go too far off the job stuff, as far as like compensation, I'm not asking you what you make, but yeah. like, how do you chart? Is it a per project basis? And or is it yeah. hourly or like, how is somebody, how do they yeah. pay the bills in your line yeah. of work? Yeah. So I, um, that's a great question. So I have kind of two 
paths. Um, I have my contract clients, which are people who have committed to me, you know, I'm going to hire you for a certain number of hours a month. Mm -hmm. And so I have a contract rate. And then I have kind of just a one off. um, I'm going to hire you. I don't know if we're going to work together again, or I have kind of a one off project. And that's just my hourly rate, which is a little bit higher. And then when I do kind of a bigger event, um, I typically what I'll do is I'll estimate the number of hours that I think it's going to take. Um, and I'll typically offer that lower contract rate and I'll just kind of estimate, I think it's going to take this many hours and then they pay 50% up front and the balance after. Um, and, you know, we're in an interesting market as far as pricing goes, because we, we are kind of in a more affluent area. I will tell you though, there are pockets of this everywhere, right? It just takes tapping into that right um, crowd. And again, that goes back to the relationship building um, and putting yourself out there. Um, But I had a piece of advice that somebody gave me once and that was to charge the most you can say looking in the mirror and not laugh. (laughs) You know, what's, what's 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 a number that you can rationalize that feels reasonable and you can say with a straight face looking in the mirror. And I've never forgotten that because you know, we are in an affluent area, but people are money conscious, you know, as they should be, um, especially over the last year's markets kind of been crazy. But I think that's a really important piece of advice because we can have that imposter thing where we go out there and we're like, well, I don't know what I should charge. And like, I should start really low. But the reality is, is your value is your value. And, you know, I have come to a place of, of, of being able to say like, I understand, you know, you're hoping to have an event planner more in this range. That's not me. I'd be happy to pass on other names because my time is my time. I'm not going to get it back. It's a commodity that you don't get more of. And, you know, I think, do I want to be with my kids? Do I want to be away from my kids for a weekend for this amount of money? And sometimes the answer is no. And that's hard because you don't ever want to turn down business, but um, you have to know yourself and your value. And that's, that's a huge part of going out on your own that I've had to learn about. <laughs> no, I love it. I, um, you got to know your hell knows too. Like, that's right. <laughs> you know, when I got into lending, it was mostly because I was going back to school for psychology and I, it was night school, but I knew I didn't want to miss birthdays. I didn't want to miss yep. holidays. So I yep. picked a job where I knew I didn't have to, tra- I used to work in technology. Yeah. So that to me is a big thing. What, what are, yes. what are one or two things just kind of, you know, like the, the non-negotiables, the things that you get out of your, like some people it's compensation, some people it's freedom. Some people want to make an impact like teachers. Uh, what, What are the things that are really important to you in a career? Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. Like money does not buy you happiness, but it does buy you a lot of freedom and flexibility. And so, Um, I appreciate nice things. I appreciate travel. Um, I'm not really embarrassed to admit that. Like I, um, I, I want to be able to experience as much as life has to offer through travel, um, to hosting, you know, making a beautiful home where people feel welcome. Um, so, you know, money, money is important. I don't think it's the end all be all, but it's able to afford flexibility and freedom and experiences. So I don't think people should, should fully discount that necessarily. Um, I recognize that I'm a person that appreciates nice things and, and I'm okay with that. Um, I wouldn't say it's probably the most important thing. I think that's up there, but I think the freedom to be able to take some time off in the summer to be with the kids, um, and friends and family and the people that I love, you know, that, that to me is probably the most important thing, because again, you don't get that time back. You know, I want to be with my kids while they still think I'm cool enough to hang out with them. Um, and before they kind of go off and do their own thing. So, uh, I think relationships, you know, that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day and and having time to take care of myself and the people that I love, you know, and, Um, I'm really, really fortunate, you know, the kids schedules are kind of all over the place. And I feel like sometimes they're out of school more than they're in. And so to be able to be home and present with them, that was actually the main reason that I left to start my own company. You know, I didn't know how much money I was going to make. I've been so blessed and so fortunate that it has worked well and, you know, God willing, it continues that way but I left because I wanted a family and I was working so many nights and weekends and I had no say in when I worked and didn't work. And 
I knew the only way I would probably get that is by going out on my own. So I think being with the people I love and taking care of them and having enough time to do that and to fill up my cup so that I can take care of them. And probably second to that is, you know, I like, as you probably do the sales component, you know, I like that there's no ceiling, there's no, you're going to make this much a year. I like that challenge of like, can I make more than I did last year? And if I didn't, how can I, you know, it's a game of levers, you know, and strings. And so um, that part I find really enticing and challenging is the sales component. I love it. Yeah. I mean, what I was really trying to do is give people an idea of some of the things that are in present or part of your career, um, yeah. the, you know, the flexibility, the no cap on compensation, you know, you, you can scale, you can work. I mean, I guess you only have so many hours in the day, so you can only do so many events, Exactly. Yeah. but, but you can always change what you charge. Right. And I yes. think, <laughs> I, I think, uh, that's really a good thing you talked about is yeah. you have to get paid for what you're worth. Um, yeah. what, what is one thing as we wind this down, yeah. And and again, I always say, let's not, I'm not trying to get negative, but what is one <laughs> thing you're like, cause there's plenty of things about like my day job in lending that I would warn people about if they wanted yeah. to get it. Uh, yeah. What's one that you're like, Whoa, I didn't see yeah. this coming at all. And uh, I don't yeah. like this part of my job. Yeah. I think um, a couple things that I find challenging, you know um, one is I'm the product. And so my only, um, my only way of sort of quadrupling my income, whatever it is, is I'm I'm going to have to expand. Um, it's a lot of pressure for one person to to carry that weight. And so it's kind of twofold. Like I'm the product, meaning, you know, there's only one of me. There's only so many hours that I have in a day. And when I want to take vacation, like I, I'm not available to people. I'm off, I'm offline. And so, you know, that's, that's tough because if, if, if I want to expand, I've got to bring up on other people and kind of grow in that way. And, and the other part of that is it's a lot of pressure. Like when it's just me, you know, and I'm responsible for my two boys and whatever life it is that I want to lead, that's, that's a lot of pressure. And, you know, if something goes awry or if I lose a client for some reason, um, you know, that's a hole that I have to fill. And, and I've been so fortunate that hasn't happened a lot, but I have had a couple of experiences where, you know, I worked with somebody and it didn't, you know, it wasn't anything awful, but it just personality or whatever it was. And, and that's hard. And I'm like, well, I got to fill that hole. And so it's a lot of pressure to, um, be the soul, <laughs> the sole person of your, your fate and your future. Um, you know, I've been really lucky. I would say people might look at this and say, well, you know, you probably work with people that are really like stuck up and, you know, because I think that's gets assigned to um, people that are very affluent, which is often the clients that I work with. But I have to tell you, I've been really, really lucky in that, that realm. Everybody that I've worked for, for the most part has been actually very down to earth and not showy about any of that. And just really naturally great, authentic people. Um, and at that same, on that same token, you know, they know what they like and, and, you know, sometimes I get it wrong and I have to just, again, have the humility say, gosh, you know, I missed that. I'm so sorry. Or, you know, if I'm doing more admin work, Oh, I missed that email. I know that was important to you. I'm sorry. I didn't flag that one for you. Um, it's tough. That part is tough. You have to be really strong in who you are to one, know what kind of work ethic you have and what you're putting forth, but also to own it when you do mess up because we all do, you know, so it's a yeah. particular crowd to work with. So that's challenging too. <laughs> so, what, so what haven't I asked as we end it? Like, is there one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody, yeah. a, a young man, young woman, that's like, yeah. this is what I want to do. What would you yeah. tell them? Um, you know, I would say, and this isn't just about what I do, but it's just, I would say about all careers in general is the only way to figure out what you love is to know who you are. And the only way you figure that out is through a lot of trial and error and trying different things. And if you're afraid to fail, you're not going to put yourself out there in the way that will best get you to what you're ultimately supposed to do. You know, I was going to be an English teacher and everything in my body at the end of it was like, this isn't it, Lacey. And I disappointed a lot of people because I had gone all the way through the program. And I was like, yeah, what you're doing, I don't want to do that anymore. And I had to just sit with that, you know? And so I think being, being willing to take chances, to take risks, um, 
and to really know yourself. And a lot of that is just figuring out what you don't like. And there's so many outside forces pushing you and pulling you in all these different directions. So I think it's that meditating, it's taking that time to get centered and like, what's my heart saying? Where do, where are my skills at? You really just have to know yourself, I think for any career. And you only do that through trial and error. And as far as what I would do, I would say, you know, if you were interested in this field in particular, having, having good taste and appreciation for nice things is really important because you have to have a sense of quality and what's, is this the best experience that they're going to get? You know, if I book this for them, or is this the something silly, is this the best blanket that I can actually, you know, you're really paying attention to that detail and having that, that level of taste is really important. It doesn't mean you spend frivolously, but you have a good sense of that, of that taste. And I'm a very um, sensory person. And so that sort of comes naturally. So I think being mindful of smells and taste and touch, that's really big in what I do because you're providing an experience for people from the way a shirt feels to, you know, what food they're going to be enjoying at the restaurant you book or whatever it is. Um, that's, that's really crucial. Um, and I th think, again, just having a sense of humor because it's a, it's an industry with a lot of ups and downs, event planning and decorating things go wrong and you have to haul the rug out that you just put in. And so just being lighthearted and having a sense of humor, you know, I think are, are super, super important too. just keeping it light. <laughs> yeah. I really like what you said. Um, if you couldn't do what you're doing, yeah. let's just say they said, yeah, no Ugh. more. But what, yeah. I, what is a dream job for you? Like, um, I always ask this, everybody just, yeah. and it's, it's interesting. And the reason I ask is it's like, you know, I've had people that are like, they went 180, you know, like, yeah. Like yeah. one of mine might be to write music for film scores. Uh, yeah. I love, I love that stuff. But uh, like, what's one that just like, if you could do anything, what would it be? I would love to write. I love books. I love writing. I love journaling. I, I think that was par partially why I wanted to be an English teacher because I loved kind of taking apart a novel and what's the symbolism. And, you know, I'm very like, type a about um grammar you know when people send me christmas cards i'm like oh that shouldn't have an apostrophe <laughs> so i love like i'm a i'm a natural writer reader i love the language i love words and poetry um and i you know when my kids ask what do you want to be when you grow up i always say a writer like i would love to write a book someday who knows if that'll ever happen but um yeah, I love telling stories. I love kind of where that can take your mind and your body. And I love getting lost in a book. And I love the idea of, of doing that someday. So I think your yeah. career could translate to a lot of stories, interesting yeah. stories. <laughs> a devil wears Prada. <laughs> I mean, I, I think so. And by the way, yeah, I think yeah. I, I think when we go live and I, I think there's a lot of folks just watching this um, that like, I can think my mom, for example, would, would totally use you. So I'm hoping that uh, this helps you uh, drive some revenue and some new clientele. Thank you. And yeah. um, it was awesome interviewing you. It's in a, uh, it's cool to see people in their flow and you certainly are. So uh, thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. This was great. I love, like I said, talking about what I do. It brings me so much joy and I hope that has felt and seen. And I wish everybody that watches and sees us the same life-giving career, whatever that is for you. This has been great. Thank you so much. And if somebody wants to hire you, they just go to your website, Lacey. Yes. Powell. Yes. Okay. Email and phone is on there. So right. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you're you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Lacey. Thanks. All right. Take care.